0: Uh, let's get right into it this morning. We're we're in our series on hot topics for hot times, and again, as I said last week, this is a series I think out of necessity because every day we're being inundated with with language, with images, with I, I'm just going to say it, just absolute nonsense that we're expected to swallow, and it stands diametrically opposed to the teachings that you and I believe in as as believers and Christians. And I would, I think, I would be a pretty poor pastor if I did not, as a, the Bible says, I'm to shepherd the flock that's entrusted into my care. And I think I would be derelict in my duties if I did not address some of these hot button issues that today are bringing confusion to a lot of people. Uh, next week, I'll be tackling the transgender debate that's going on in our culture. And one of the things I want to do is I'm hoping to be able to put together kind of a, a resource packet. Uh, to, to be able to have to ha- help families, uh, families are suffering today because their they're, their children are being taught one thing you've got again you 've got Hollywood that is preaching and teaching in everything that they produce and, and it 's very confusing to children and I want to be able to equip parents and grandparents to be able to tackle that issue again, this is not coming from a superiority standpoint at all uh, and, there's, and and it 's really with much uh, trepidation that i that i deliver these but i think it's out of necessity this morning we'll be talking about abortion about abortion psalm 139 verse 13 begin reading there probably familiar to most people but we'll read um, the first uh, the next uh, few verses it said you formed me you formed my inner parts you covered me in my mother's womb i will praise you for i am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well my frame was not hidden from you when i was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they are all written the day's fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them may the lord add his blessing to his word this morning again I, I, I just want to do a reminder that this series is not about, it's not about anger and it's not about condemnation. I, I mentioned this on Wednesday night. I, I know quite a few people, I know several people that have had abortions and, and this is not about condemnation. It's not about heaping guilt on anyone. Uh, the Bible says that in Christ there is no condemnation. It's about correcting the rhetoric that we hear in our world today. Um, and and really addressing this very hot button issue, uh, I know people that again that have had abortions that are very guilt ridden, and that is something that that many of them wrestle and struggle with all of their lives. And Christ came to set us free. It is not the unpardonable sin, and He came to set us free uh, from from debt and guilt. And so again, with all of the rhetoric and misinformation that's being circulated regarding these hot-button issues, I, I think it's important that we hear God's Word on it. Uh, you know, last week we began by looking at the authority of Scripture, and as a, again, as a Christian, uh, and again, if we're going to call ourselves a believer, or a Christian, or a cross, Christ follower, then it means that we have to subscribe to a certain tenet of faith. If we don't, don't call yourself a Christian. But as a Christian, we believe that God's Word is the ultimate authority in our life. Now, again, if I don't believe that, and I'm free not to believe that, how many understand that? I'm free not to believe. Uh, If I don't believe that, then I can hold whatever viewpoint I want and not feel conflicted about it. I shared last week how that you and I have a Bible that is completely accurate, it is truthful, and it is reliable. And as we sang that song, you and I can build our life and our future upon His Word and feel confidence in it. Listen, it is a solid foundation that will endure. Now, this morning, again, I'm going to tackle a very hot issue right now, and that is, again, as I said, abortion. A few weeks back, you would remember the Supreme Court rightly overturned the erroneous decision of Roe v. Wade, and and again, if you just cut through all of the all of the anger and the vitriol that we see in our society, if you just cut through all of that, uh, this just from a legal standpoint, this decision was the right one because it was a state's right issue, never a federal issue. This is just good law. I mean, again, if you know anything about uh, the federalists and the federal system, this is just good law. It was never the prerogative of the federal government to take on that onus. And so it was rightly, in in fact, even the darling of the left wing, the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, Ginsburg, had issues with the 1973 uh, decision because it was not based on good law even though she was a, a a proud defender of abortion rights she did see the day in fact she predicted the day when this roe v wade decision would not stand up to the constitutional test because it was based on bad law and so that's what exactly what happened it was sent back to the states now again if you turn on the television uh, you would think that world war III had been unleashed you would think that we have taken that, uh, again, if you just look at what's going on, if you had no sound uh, and, and if you just turned on the television and saw the, the, just the ridiculousness going on in the streets of America all across our country, you would think that they, ta- they have taken every dime that those people have. You've taken their 401Ks, taken their health care, left them totally. You would think that something like that. No, what you see is a temper tantrum because they no longer, in their mind, have a right to kill unborn babies. That really is what it's going on. Since 1973, over 63 million babies have been aborted. Don't you think about that number. That's astounding. 63 million babies have been aborted. That, the number is staggering. In comparison, it's kind of like wiping out the, popula- the population of 15 states currently. That, that's, that's how big that number is. It's like wiping out 15 states in their entirety. We have willingly killed more lives than all of the wars in our history combined. Since 1973, America has been on a downward, how many would agree with this, that America has been on a downward spiral? And, and many people scratch their head and wonder, what's going on with America? And again, it doesn't matter who's in the Oval Office. It doesn't matter who is controlling congress it really doesn't matter which side of the aisle because america has been in a a tailspin for a long time you know you have one person gets up and says i'm going to do this and fix it another one says i'm going to fix it and it doesn't get fixed we are on a downward spiral and people can't figure out why well the answer is obvious god spoke in deuteronomy chapter 30 and here's what he said he said i call heaven and earth to record this day against you that i have set before you life and death Blessing and cursing. Choose life that you and your seed may live. Now, did you get that? America chose death. Since 1973, America chose death and cursing. We have sowed to the wind and we are reaping the whirlwind right now. When that decision was officially published a few weeks ago, it was like, and again, this is I, I know I'm not the only one that observed this, it was like a demonic horde was unleashed on this nation. Again, that's the only way I can describe it. It was like something demonic that was absolutely unleashed on the streets of America. Don't believe me? Just turn on the news and uh, or read the magazine or newspaper. I mean, just some of the recent headlines. I mean, you had things like vandals that target a pro-life uh, center in threatening graffiti and broken windows, and, and here's the way the graffiti read. If abortion ain't safe, you ain't safe. Then you had a Christian pregnancy center in Colorado was burned by an arsonist. Now again, I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with our pregnancy center here in town. They do a phenomenal job here in Cleburne. They do a phenomenal job of, of, of people that are going through very crisis uh, pregnancy centers, that are going through crisis moments. Again, part of the issue today is that, is that uh, you've got one side that doesn't want to give all the information. They want to tell you that your only alternative is to terminate that pregnancy when the crisis pregnancy centers are there to help people make those decisions. They're, they're not forcing them to do anything. They're just presenting them with the information to make informed decisions. Again, that uh, a pregnancy center was burned uh, by an arsonist. How about this one, the assassin that went to kill Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh? I mean, we could be here a long time talking about the violence going on right now because of the culture of death. Please understand, that's what it is. It is a culture of death. Uh, they will accept nothing less than the right to kill an unborn baby at any stage of their development. It broke my heart as I was kind of panning through some of the headlines, and there was a, a march not too, uh, just a couple of weeks ago in Washington, D.C., and, and they were taking, they were there, the videographers and the photographers were there taking pictures and videoing, and there was a, there was a young lady, she couldn't have been more than 20 years of age, that was, again, you had the pro-life people uh, that were there defending life, and you had the pro-choice people. And, 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 and of course, they're animated and angry and hateful, and they're hollering. And this one young lady, again, couldn't be more than 20 years of age, had a sign and was yelling at a pro-life person, said, we love killing babies. And it broke my heart. It broke my heart. Again, I, I, this, this really isn't political, but you've got to understand, we have a sitting president right now more concerned about access to killing unborn innocent babies than tackling inflation, food prices, border security, foreign policy, and other issues that are affecting the common That's where we are. He promised shortly after to sign an executive order to grant access to death clinics for unborn babies. He said, we're going to do everything that we can as a federal government to make sure that women have the right to abortion. There's even a doctor in California I read recently that has come up with this scheme. Again, I'm telling you, the death culture of America is very strong. She's come up with this idea that they're going to get a ship, an abortion ship, and they're going to anchor that in federal waters so that those who are in states that restrict abortion have the ability to go off into the federal waters and have an abortion again there's no end to the the demonic obsession with with terminating pregnancies again i I, i'm not making this stuff up america is obsessed with killing innocent children in the name of choice and if they don't get it they root they they riot they loot they burn if that right is threatened you know what you see uh, on the nightly news is the biggest It's the national temper tantrum that you've ever seen. That's what you see. It is a temper tantrum. I want you to hear the staggering data: eighty-three percent of all abortions occur because of fornication. Think about that. Eighty-three percent of all abortions occur because of fornication. Now, now, fornication is a word we don't hear much anymore. In fact, I doubt there are very many people that can even define what fornication is, but fornication, again, refers to sex before marriage, adultery, is sex outside of marriage. Today, it isn't called fornication, it's called recreational sex. Society wants to teach our children, schools want to teach our children safe sex, when the Bible has been teaching safe sex for centuries, millennia. Sex is sacred, it is holy, it is beautiful within the confines of marriage. Outside of that, it is sinful. And as you can see, it leads to more sin. What's that sin? Killing the unwanted consequences. That's where we are. We're we're petitioning and we're rioting for the right to kill a baby because of our sin. How convoluted is that, that an innocent person has to pay the price for our lack of self-control. But that's where we are. The reason I'm preaching this message is to combat the ridiculous assertions that are being made by the pro-life industry today. In Proverbs 24, this is what we're told. He says, rescue those being taken off to death and save those stumbling towards slaughter. If you say, but we didn't know about this, won't he who weighs hearts consider it? Won't he who protects your life know Won't he repay a person according to his work? In other words, he says, I want you to picture people that are being led off to the slaughter. I mean, we could think back to the the late 1930s when people stood by in Germany watching these trainloads of people being loaded into the cars, being headed off to Dachau and, and Auschwitz and other places scattered throughout Europe. That's what he's picturing there. Picture people being led to the slaughter and you're standing there watching this unfold and you do nothing about it. This is a warning for those who would make excuses for not getting involved. As believers who believe in the sanctity of life and the sacredness of life, listen, we need to stand up, speak up, and involve ourselves wherever we can. Because there's innocence that need our voice. Here's some of the arguments being used today by the pro-life and pro-death industry to drum up violence in the streets they say things like my how many you have you heard this one my body my choice my body my choice well listen you lost that argument when you engaged in activity that produced a child from the moment of fertilization okay science from the moment of fer- fertilization the unborn child is a distinct human being with a uni- unique set of dna it's not your body proximity does not determine identity it's not your body there are two of you before birth just like there are two of you after birth the fact that you carry the child inside your womb before birth and inside a car seat after birth is immaterial there's still two the second one well you're wanting to restrict women's access to health care this one grinds me it absolute grinds me Benjamin Watson, who is a reporter for Newsweek, he was reporting on the State of the Union Address, and he noted that President Biden in, indirectly referred to abortion as health care. Listen, abortion's not health care. It's not health care. Health care defined is this, efforts made to maintain or restore physical, mental, or emotional well-being, especially by trained and licensed professionals. Abortion does not treat a disease. Abortion does not improve a disorder. It forcibly ends a human life. Planned Parenthood, and boy, isn't that the oxymoron of the millennia? Planned Parenthood, and others are teaching in our classrooms that abortions are normal medical procedures. How many times have you turned on the TV recently and you've heard them talking about reproductive rights and women's health care? See, that's how they can't win on the argument of science. And they can't win on the argument of conscience. So they reframe it and talk about that there are bad men with black robes sitting in a Supreme Court trying to take away women's access to health care. That's a bunch of baloney. It's not health care. It's forcibly terminating a human life. The longer they get away with calling abortion health care, the more confused people become. Here's, a, here's the data, less than 2%, and they throw out all kinds of data, less than 2% of abortions are because of rape and incest. Less than 2%. Number three, it's unfair to bring, unwanted, ch- it's unfair to bring unwanted children in the world. Think about that for a minute. I've always said, you, you've heard me say this for years, every one of us were born on purpose, with purpose, Regardless of the circumstances of our birth. And you know what? And I believe that. There is no such thing as an unwanted child. Every child is wanted by someone. Every child is wanted by someone. There's a difference between an unwanted pregnancy and an unwanted child. See, that's where the lines are blurred. There's a difference between an unwanted pregnancy and an unwanted child the unwanted unwanted does not describe the condition of the child but the attitude of the adult think about that think how immoral it is simply to kill a child because they are unwanted let me juxtapose that against this it's illegal it's illegal to take a life of an unborn baby if the mother wants the baby but it's entirely legal to take the life of an unborn baby if the mother doesn't want the baby. See, in the first case, the law treats the fetus as a human, as a human life with rights. In the second case, when the mother doesn't want the baby, the law treats the, baby, the fetus as a non-human without rights. See how convoluted that is? Dr. R.C. Sproul, Jr., here's what he said, and I love this thing. He said, in a 100 years... The Christian church will not hang its head in shame that it did, it, that it did little to pass constitutional amendments against burning the flag. In a hundred years, no elderly Christian will be looked at with suspicion by the younger generation because they didn't do more to lower the tax rate. Here's what he says. In a hundred years, if God should be so gracious, we will be looked upon as the godless generation of the church that watched tens of millions of babies go to their deaths. Indeed, will be remembered as those Christians who elected men to and women to office that believe that the state ought to protect the rights of some mothers to murder their babies. End quote. What a powerful statement! There are more arguments in the pro-death uh, side, but so how does God weigh in on the subject? Okay, our text again. I want to read it to you. Is the strongest statement of God's prenatal care that you'll find in the Bible. Again, one thirty-nine, verse thirteen says, "For you formed my inner parts; you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. Notice that was not hidden from you. You, uh, when when I was in secret, you skillfully and wrought the in the you skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed." And in your book, they're all written, the day's fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Again, this is the strongest prenatal verse in the Bible that talks about before we were ever, before we were ever, uh, uh, I don't even know what the, the technical word is, <laughs> but God knew us before we were born, before we were formed. God knew who we were. Uh, again, think about this, God, what does God know about babies? everything. <laughs> I, I, I mean, absolutely everything. I mean, uh, like a master craftsman. Again, if you read the psalm and there are many other scriptures that talk about how God as the master craftsman takes the parts and he knits them together and he weaves them together. He puts the tiny hands and legs and he joins them to the body and then he forms the heart and then he starts it beating. Who makes babies? God does. Jeremiah 1, 20, uh, 1, five says, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were ever born. Life should excite us and cause us deep respect. I can't tell you how many times I've been with people in the church and even my own children and grandchildren, and when that baby comes out, or I've stood there and I've watched and held, there's something inside of me that just, I get all giddy about it. There's something that excites me about life. And, and listen, the pro-life movement isn't just about the abortion side of it. You go all the way to the other side. Listen, it, the pro-death camp is not just concerned with death of the unborn. They're concerned about death of those who are a drain on society, i.e., the elderly. And I'm very concerned about that because I'm getting closer to that group every day. <laughs> it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. I mean, now they want to be able to do, look inside the womb and see if that baby has a deformity. And if they, uh, again, we're talking about biomedical engineering, genetic engineering. We, if I don't like the baby's hair color, eye color, I won't terminate it. The baby's got four fingers instead of five, I won't terminate it. You think about all the wonderful down syndrome babies that have come around that are such a blessing and a joy to, to the world. And and, and, and if parents today have the option let's terminate again life should bring excitement to us again from from the gra- from 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 the birth from birth to the grave it ought to be something exciting and something that is sacred and holy why are we against abortion number one life is sacred Life is sacred. Human life is so sacred that God gave us laws in the Old Testament to protect it. In fact, Genesis 9, 6 says, Whoever sheds the blood of a man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. In his own image. Numbers chapter 35, anyone who kills a person is to be put to death. Same thing in Leviticus 24. Anyone who takes the life of a human being is to be put to death. Again, that's where the capital punishment issue came in. God was so concerned about life and the lawlessness of man. He, Listen, God knew what was going to happen. God sees the beginning from the end. He knew. He said, look, don't be, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. Human life was the intentional creative act of God. With all of creation, I mean, think about this. With all of creation, God spoke, and it was done. But when it came time to make mankind, what did he do? The Bible said he formed him in his image, and then he breathed life into him. There was, there's no other creature on earth. And I, I and, and again, I'm not again. I, I don't think you should abuse animals. I, I, I don't think you should do any of that stuff. I, I like to hunt. I, I don't do it much anymore. I like to fish. But abusing animals, I, 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 I'm totally, absolutely against it. But I, I tell you what rubs me, is these commercials that come on television that want to pull on your heartstrings to give to. A humane society over these animals, and they don't think nothing about slaughtering innocent children. That does gripe me. Again, if you're watching online, don't you start anything? I'm not talking about cruelty to animals. That's uncalled for, and I think a vi- and I think a violation of who God created us to be. But there's something different about man. There's something different about man. God formed him in His image and blew into him the breath of life. There is no creature, no organism, no mechanism. In this entire world, that is as magnificent as a human being. There is not. God made humans, God made us to be his children. We're the apex of God's creation. Again, there's no wonder in the world, no animal or bird that can even compare to who we are. I like Chuck Swindoll, I think he had a very good take on abortion. Chuck, Wendell, Chuck Swindoll said that abortion stands as a symbol for an entire generation that has rebelled against God and chosen their own path. And he goes on and he talks about, he says, you know, in the 1960s, we turned as a society, we turned to sex, to drugs, to music, to free style living. And this rebellion produced a generation that had no moral fabric or foundation. And with each succeeding generation, it only gets worse. I mean, think about that. The height of rebellion is to say we are the controllers of life and death. That's the height of rebellion. To say that we within our hands have the ability to control who lives and who dies. When that is a prerogative reserved only for God. He goes on, again abortion is a symbol of the anti-God lifestyle that says if it feels good, do it, and if it's inconvenient, kill it. Life is something valued by God. In fact, it's so valuable that the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's how valuable life is. All human life is valuable to the Lord. Listen, it doesn't matter about our age. It doesn't matter about our social economic status. It doesn't matter what my skin color is, our educational background. It it doesn't matter if you're male or female. You are valuable to God. Another another reason we're against abortion is because God is pro-life. God is for life. Exodus twenty one, twenty two says, "If men fight and hurt a woman with child, so that she gives birth prematurely, yet no harm follows, she he shall surely be punished according to the woman's husband, uh, uh, punished accordingly as the husband's uh, woman's husband imposes on him. He shall pay as the judge determines. But if any harm follows, you shall give life for life." What does it mean? Basically, he says this. Look, God makes it clear that the killing of an unborn, unborn child is very serious business and it is punishable by death. If someone caused a premature birth and the baby lived, then according to Exodus, he says, then you are to be punished according to the law, and the man, in this case, the, the woman's husband. But if that baby was born dead, if you, if you injure a woman, and she's with child, and that baby dies, then your life, you will be executed. That's what the Scripture says right there. Listen, we could be here all day citing scripture uh, to reveal God's heart for the unborn children uh, and the innocent. Listen, God loves life. So how should we respond? Guys, come on back. i want to wrap this up with a couple of things. How should we respond to this? Again, I'm not here to, to push buttons or anything like that. Please don't read between the lines. But how should we respond to where we are, this demonic evil in our society? Well, number one, how many know this? Pray. Listen, if we're not praying, things will never happen. There are some things that God does, even though we never pray about it, but there are some things that God will not do until the church prays. Again, he said, when the heavens be shut up like brass and you don't see the answers, he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. Listen, we The only way the culture of of death will be defeated in society is that God's people begin to pray. How do you think that we got to where we are with the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade? It was because people have been praying since 1973. Number two, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Speak up. You'll get involved where you can. Again, number three, teach your children basic truth regarding sexuality. This is important because if 83% of the abortions are done because of fornication... That's, that's because we're not getting the message about sexual purity. So mom and dad, we need to take, the, we need to take responsibility to teach our children to say no until marriage. To wait until marriage. Amen? Number four, love your neighbors yourself. There are very few issues in our society today that are as hot button as this one right here. We'll talk about another one next week. But this one's pretty tough. And, 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 and nowhere in Scripture are you and I called to stand up and, and berate and belittle people. We are there to show the love of Christ. Listen, I'm, I'll speak the truth, but I'm not going to do it in a way to bring condemnation. That's not my job. My, my job is simply to speak truth and let the Holy Spirit take that truth. You know, again, you've heard me say this before. How do we pray for unbelievers? Again, they're not going to yield to the truth of God's Word because they don't understand it. So our prayer is, God, open the eyes of their understanding that they might see your truth. We need to love our neighbors as ourselves. We need to act accordingly. And the fifth thing is this. There are probably more, but I'm going to stop with this one. The fifth thing is vote for pro-life candidates in all elections. From the dog catcher to the president, vote pro-life. Well, that's just a single issue, absolutely. And I will, I will vote. I will never vote for someone who believes in abortion. I don't, I'm not going there. I will never cast a, ba- a ballot that, for a candidate that does not value life. Again, don't let their double talk confuse you. If they say they are for reproductive rights, they're pro-death, plain and simple. They're energized and they're angry. We've got an election coming up here in November, and I'm telling you, you're going to see a lot of stuff between now and then. They're going to pull every, every trick they can possibly pull. I'm, it's happening. They're resorting to threats and violence to intimidate our nation. Listen, again, they can't win on science. They can't win on conscience. So they have to threaten. And that's what they're doing. They, again, if abortions ain't safe, you ain't safe. Don't repay evil for evil. Let us conduct ourselves worthy of the manner of our calling. I want to close with this right here abortion, as I said, is not the unpardonable sin. It's not the unpardonable sin. I know way too many people that have gone this route and they live with guilt, unending guilt. And the only thing I can say is that the Bible says that He is faithful and just. If I confess my sin, and abortion is sin, but if, I'm, if, I'm, if I confess my sin, He is faithful and He's just to forgive me and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I have to believe that. Listen, Jesus died to free you from that guilt. Paul said it like this, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all stand in the need of forgiveness. If you're watching online and you're guilt-ridden over some sin in your life, I'm telling you that Jesus offers forgiveness. And I love what the Bible teaches us about forgiveness. Not only does he forgive us, but the Bible says he forgets. See, the guilt that we feel oftentimes, God knows nothing about it. Because if it's been been washed by the blood, he doesn't even remember. It's our own conscience doing this to us. It's a ploy of the enemy to try to keep us in bondage. Again, church, we ought to be for life. We have a local pregnancy center here in town. You want to get involved? Get involved. They always have opportunities. There's other, CASA is a great organization that's working. Uh, There are many, many organizations in town that help people and help children and help life. There's councils for the aged. We've got people in nursing homes right now that have been dropped off by their families, and they never get a visitor. Again, that's where we are, society. I, I I want you to stand with me. I've got to close because I could keep talking. One of my pet peeves is what we do to the elderly. I've traveled the world, many, many places of the world, and I see elderly are esteemed and they're respected. And their opinion is valued. But in our nation, we, we talk about how advanced and how smart we are in our society. But in our society, we take the wisest among us and we stick them in a home. And then we don't go see them. Listen, I, I, and I'm not, not. they have their place, okay? Assisted living facilities, pl- they have their place. what i'm saying is the attitude of our nation is you know what we can kill the unborn we can stick the old people in a home and forget about them and that's where we are that the only valuable person in today's society is those between this age and this age and if you're outside of that you're not valuable listen i'm here to say that god values all life from the womb to the tomb god values all life and we as a church are to be a voice advocating for the unborn advocating for the seniors When nobody else can. Won't you bow with me this morning? Again, I know these are tough messages, and I I, I just, there's so much confusion today. And I just want to, if you're online, I want to ask this question. If you're here today and say, you know what, Pastor, I want to be on the right side of this, there's so much hyperbole, there's so much rhetoric. I just want to be on the right side i want to get that in my spirit i grew up in a generation where life was not valued we glorify violence and killing in movies and we become desensitized to the value of the human life and i i I just want to have that value i want to see as god sees the second thing is this maybe here today and say you know pastor i want to be involved i need to do something I've got time. I can go volunteer. I, I, I just want God to help me open doors. I want to be able to, to be a light that shines into this dark situation. If you're online, maybe you're here today or you're online and say, you know, Pastor, I suffer with some guilt of some things I've done in the past that I'm not happy about. and I want to be free of that. In one of those areas, all three of those areas, if you're online here this morning, just slip your hand right up, right back down and say, Pastor, pray for me today. Pray for me today. I want, to, I want to be for life and I want to be that voice that How about online, if you'll comment this morning? We want to pray with you as well. Listen, God loves you. I love you. And I want to see heavens open over you and blessings and showers of blessings rain into your life, but you can't deny his word and expect his blessings at the same time. Father, I love you today and I thank you. I pray, Father, today that, again, these are hot button issues for a reason. Lord, I pray that we understand that you are a God of life. You said that I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life that you and your seed may live. Lord, today we choose life. From the, tomb, from the womb to the tomb, Lord, we choose life. Lord, help us to be advocates to those who have no voice. Lord, like Proverbs 24 says, Lord, let, let us not stand by and watch uh, 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 people led to the slaughter. Let us not be voiceless in these situations, Lord. Let us involve ourselves. Lord, I pray when it comes time to ballot casting, may we toss aside uh, party, party loyalties and may we vote for life. All these other things are peripheral things, Lord. You are a God of life and I think the reason we are where we are is because we become a culture of death. Forgive us. Forgive our silence. Help us to speak and to shine. Father, I pray for those today that may be struggling with guilt over past issues. Lord, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, if we've confessed it, you've forgiven it, Lord, and that's it. Lord, I pray that you would fight against the enemy who would come to remind us of our past. Lord, may we rest in confidence that, Lord, you are faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us may we walk out free. If you've you've made us free, we're free indeed. Father, go with us today. Give us a wonderful day, I pray, rejoicing in your blessings. We ask it in Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Thank you for being with us online. I look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you, and I love you very much.